Hello! That's my spooky eye intro for a rather non-spooky edition of The Todd Sampler for Without Your Head. I am Todd Quality Yeager, along with this, which for many happy Yelp reviews say, it feels good running over the bod. <laughs> and what would all of this be without... Cheesecake, man. Cheesecake. Good stuff. You're looking at my hat. You looking at my hat? Yes. It's a relic from way back in the 80s. A friend of mine in San Francisco sent me a Bear magazine hat. Back when Bear was in its original format, when bears were bears, not just big guys. Well, I'll get more into that later. As you can see, I have things on display here. The t-shirt! Yes! Leonard and Larry, the award-winning comic strip by my close friend, Tim Barella, which appeared in things as Gay Comics, The Advocate, and Frontiers Magazine. Tim and I talk every day on the phone. As a matter of fact, he was trying to call me when I started shooting this, so I had to start over. But anyway, talk about positive LGBT. From now on, I'm going to say les gay, okay? You're cool with that. Leonard and Larry has appealed to the entire les gay community and especially helped a lot of gay men get through rough times in life in the 80s and 90s in particular. I am proud to say that I had a hand in getting the complete Leonard and Larry collection published and even in hardback. Wow. Rattling Good Yarns Press here in Palm Springs is amazing for the lesbian community. Check them out because you can get this there and... Here's a photo of me with some of the folks at this book release signing at the barracks. This is publisher Ian Hensel, illustrator Roy Altenwald, Todd Quality Yeager, Tim Barella, and publisher, author Suki Delacroix. And while the Todd Sampler is usually a part of the Without Your Head horror podcast, you can kind of call this related to the In Your Head wrestling podcast that Neil also is a part of. Neil asked me, I wouldn't do why, to do a review for this amazing doc, that's what us film people call a documentary, for Out in the Ring, directed by Ryan Bruce Levy. Out in the Ring looks at the lives of, now I'm going to say lesgay, it includes all the QI and everybody else in the rainbow, but it makes it easier for me. The lives of lesgay professional wrestlers past and present and the history of lesgay representation in professional wrestling told through a combination of archival footage and interviews without performers, wrestling journalists, historians, friends, and allies. It's also about pro wrestling's past and current struggles to appropriately and respectfully represent the lesbian community. I myself have never 
wrestled, except for when briefly we had to learn it in gym, I think in junior high school. This is about as close as it ever got for me to actual wrestling. Well, there was a little bit of a wrestling going around in there. Hmm. Now, I got to confess, I was never really a wrestling fan, nor of sports in general. However, this documentary had me glued to the screen. It was so fascinating, and I felt like I was watching family, of course. I was introduced to wrestling as a kid back in St. Louis watching KPLR TV Channel 11. They had wrestling at the chase. The Chase Park Plaza in the central west end of St. Louis. Used to walk by there often. Never went there, though, to see wrestling. And as my relatives were watching wrestling for wrestling, I was entertained by other things. Ah, Bruiser Brody. Oh, documentary. Yes, that's right. <laughs> now, wrestling was always blurring the lines between macho heterosexuality and what was not, and intentionally displaying heat, which incites audiences to react negatively to any semblance of homosexuality. A good example recently would be Sasha Cohen's gay kiss in the wrestling ring in Bruno. If you've seen that, you saw how horribly many of the people reacted. But yeah, get two women in there kissing and it's... Uh, more on that later. I got stuff to say. Mm. So, people like George Wagner's very flamboyant Gorgeous George was doing the flashy, nearly Liberace-esque showmanship in the golden age of wrestling. Back then, women just adored him, just like they adored Liberace and really kind of didn't have much of a clue of things. Just like back in the 70s when the village people were just hitting big after they appeared on the Merv Griffin show. And, you know, my mom and my siblings were dancing in the living room to Macho Man. And I said, well, mom, you know they're gay. And she's like, what? I said, well, yeah, they represent different gay iconic characters, cowboy, Indian, leatherman, things like that. And she's going, but, but they're so macho. <laughs> Good old mom. I remember that like it was yesterday. But yeah, despite some of the flashiness, there were also people who were not out who were doing very 
macho stuff like Chris Colt later. I really liked what the folks at Screen Anarchy had to say about Out in the Ring. It was this, that Out in the Ring delves into the history of wrestling and its flirtations with queer imagery and themes, taking aim at the hyper-masculinity that most people associate with the sport and reminding the viewer that there is a rich history of flamboyance going back to the 40s. But not all queer wrestlers reveled in feather boas in vanity. In fact, many playing that role were just using the contemporary fears of queerness as a method to get over as heels and bad guys. That is the best way put. So thank you, Screen Anarchy. That was really enlightening. Now, there were people like Billy and Chuck, for example, coming off as an actual gay couple, even kissing, you know, briefly, then backing out when they were supposed to have a marriage in the ring. Suddenly it was like, oh, oh, no, we're not really gay. We were just doing this as a thing. But, you know, that really not only hurt the lesbian community in particular, but say queer kids who are especially hurt looking up to these guys as role models in a way. It just, that was making their lives, the kids' lives a joke. The doc also discusses people who were in pro wrestling early on, like the beloved Pat Patterson, who was behind the art of it, the showmanship. It helped openly gay Chris Colt and Ron Dupree get out there. And they wore a Hell's Angels attire that, well, people would either boo them or cheer them. And people knew who they were, but they were undeniable. They were a force. They were edgy and ahead of their time. Now, Chris wanted to do a little something where he would literally come out of the closet dressed up as Boy George. And while that was meant to be a positive message, unfortunately, he was then just beat down, which is kind of the heterocentric attitude of, we're putting you in your place. So that was kind of a little bit of a misfire, unfortunately. You also have wonderful people like Susan Tex Green and Sandy Parker and the massively cuddly Mike Pero, who are all very authentic and their fan base is just growing and they are drawing so many people in. And also the gentleman Effie. Now, there were straight men like exotic Adrian Street who wore makeup and bows while being really, really tough. That was all basically a game and it really confused heterosexual people, which was kind of the point. But it just all kind of got a little weird. And if we're trying to get more positive images and even in showmanship and the storylines going on, it doesn't always have to be that gay people, lesbian people, the whole rainbow have to be somehow put down within the thing. It's all changing. Trust me, 
I've known plenty of straight fellas who would uh, come to me with a six pack of beer and a joint and use that as an excuse to become a little open-minded. <sighs> you guys. Hey, I had my fun though. Cheesecake break. Mm. Damn. This stuff is good for you. I know it's good for my digestive tract. Now we've come to the point of the Todd Sampler where y'all want to know what's going on around here. Well, let's take care of that. In going with the LGBTBC, I'm sorry, I screw that up. The lesgay theme we have going on today with Out in the Ring. I highly recommend these other documentaries. For the Bible Tells Me So is about a bunch of different parents who discuss about having gay, and lesbian, and other children. It's beautiful. It's just hearing their stories. And pictured here on the cover is Missouri State Representative Dick Gephardt who I met when I was a teenager back in St. Louis. It's a beautiful, beautiful documentary. And it talks about the Bible as well, about how things like man shall not lie with man was not really the word of God. It was actually a local city ordinance. So stop saying God said so. Southern comfort. This one will have you tearing up because it also is just a beautiful story about a trans woman and a trans man who found each other and fell in love. That's something you don't actually see every day, and it's an experience. You have to see it. Over here, Small Town Gay Bar, which was produced by Kevin Smith. The director is a gay friend of Kevin's, and it's fascinating because I have visited many small town gay bars and there's a, a comfort there. Although, here's where I'm going to get into the bear thing. Kevin, when he's on stage, will talk about bears and how, you know, he was told he's a bear because he's big. I'm going to have to break that myth. When the whole bear thing started, I'd say really around the mid 80s. Bear Magazine, which was in a smaller booklet form, not this, was featuring up through these issues men of all shapes and sizes. Basically, the bear thing was men that were hairy, had beards, and even if they weren't very hairy, at least beards and mustaches, and that was the thing. But then... Uh, late 80s, going on to early 90s, you had the girth and mirth types who felt a little left out. So basically the term bear was hijacked. And now a lot of people think that if you're a bear, you're a big guy. So you're either a muscle bear or you're, well, chubby. Not the case. So those people then tried to push people like me into categories like otter and wolf. Bullshit. John Waters, I'm sorry you got your definitions a bit wrong in A Dirty Shame about what a cub and an and a otter was, that kind of thing. Sorry. But 
This book here by Chris Nelson, original photographer for Bear Magazine. Great example, if you can ever get your hands on it, of the vast variety of bears. That's my soapbox on that one. This documentary, the Nomi song about performance artist and singer Klaus Nomi. Whoa, this one hit home because a friend of mine dying from complications from AIDS back in 1987 was alone in the hospital and I visited him every day. His religious family was taking shit out of his apartment and packing up religious coloring book things all over his hospital wall and he felt helpless and I, my heart was breaking for him. Um, <laughs> I get a little, a little, I well up a little bit when I think about it, but it was, wow, uh, I won't say a lesson learned. It was just, it was an experience that just really, it took a lot out of me at the time. So this one hit close to home. Amazing. And if you don't know me, Klaus Nomi, not, not know me from Showgirls, you've got to see this. And Scream Queen, you know, the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. This documentary is a bit of an eye-opener, uh, not to be missed. There's also a cool soundtrack for it, too. Way up here, Wakefield Pool and his esoteric documentary, Take One. Yes. Unusual. Even his straight-out porn films. Ha! Straight-out. That's a pun. <laughs> his, uh... Gay porn films are quite esoteric as well. Take One is quite quite something. Also, Richard Locke's in it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, there's rural erections again. Well, you know, I'm in this, and I'm proud of it. I am very proud of this one. So, you could say that it is a documentary, for me anyway, because I was not acting. You can ask the director. That's what he told a crowd of people at the premiere party when they were like, whoa, what's with this guy? <laughs> All right. Then, oh, here is Bros Magazine. That's issue number five from the fall of 1993. I am on the cover of that. I was also in the 2005 Bros Calendar by photographer David Gray of Yoga Bear Studio. And of course, the bear stuff. Now, this particular issue of bear I have featured because there's a photo of me in it. Yeah, you'll get an eyeful. <laughs> and this was when Bear Magazine still said masculinity without the trappings. When it was taken over and the guys were getting bigger and bigger and, you know, the thing I, got, I talked about. Then it said masculinity with the trapping. So what the fuck? Anyway, I was also in all of these. One more documentary and Showgirls. Isn't it? Isn't that a documentary about uh, Showgirls and pole dancing and stuff? Okay. 
Since today is not a spooky one, I thought I'd point out a couple spooky ones you might enjoy that's Les Gay related. You have Uncle Peckerhead, the cuddly bear punk rocker in it is just adorable, and Hypochondriac. This one is unsettling and it'll, it'll get into your brain and it's amazing. There's a vast array of amazing people and talent in Out in the Ring. Too many for me to mention, but they all scroll away, especially in the end credits. So take note of them because these people are pioneers and they're paving the way for just more hugeness to come. People like Mike Perro, Effie, Darren Young, Charlie Morgan, Susan Tex Green, and the transgender Nyla. They're doing so much for the, I'm going to say at this time, LGBTQIA community. I'm still going to go with Les Gay because it's, it's quicker too. So they're moving things along forward and pro wrestling in general making it, at this point, the third biggest behind those others. You know who I'm talking about. The, the whole lesgay involvement, the audiences, the, the whole movement, it's, it's getting big. And while WWE tried to be inclusive, they team up now with the Saudis, which is not exactly compatible to the, L the lesgay community, but it all comes down to these things. Yeah, money. Even though Vince McMahon did strike down any rumors and allegations about Pat Patterson during a sexual harassment suit by a guy who later was found out to be much of a con man. So while Vince McMahon did some good, he let some other things kind of slide, and it just, well, you know, there's always conflict. The doc exposes the gay trends as well as the bad trends, but focuses on the positive that eventually came out of all of it. That's one thing to remember about this documentary. No matter what you see in it, it mainly focuses on the positive of it all. And that's something we need more of these days, I can tell you. You know, positive things like... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and within this positivity, it's about today's scenes and how it all continues to evolve, bringing everyone into its realm and allure. Hypocrisy. In the Attitude Era, then-supposed gay characters like Goldust incited heat, seeming as predatory, but they were not gay. So, again, it's that thing about we're bringing gay stuff into it, but as long as they know their place, that they're not on the same level. And it, again, it just caused a bit of a mess. 
they were using mind games to freak straight men out. But these straight men like watching, justifying their fear of gays, yet enjoying all the homoerotic physicality. You know what I said about that. You know, the six-pack and the joint. And at the same time, reveling in the predatory men being beat down. And the same thing with the lesbians and that whole HLA thing. The WWE had this big debacle promising hot lesbian action to the point of bashing it over everyone's heads. Showing how straight men can become childish idiots drooling over two women touching and kissing. Though there was the internet beginning around the time of this HLA thing, you know, people just, I guess, didn't want to spend all that time going through wrestling if they weren't really into that just to see two women kissing because, you know, they could just go to the internet and see it right then and there. And what's even crazier yet is you get all these upstanding families. Oh, no gay stuff for my kids, but boy, they sure brought their kids to, you know, didn't matter that these women were going at it because, again, women are kind of second tier to men and it's okay for women to do that. But, of course... For the lesbian thing, two brutes came in after the women were kissing and beat them down. Again, putting them in their place. It reminds me a bit of the Howard Stern show. As much as you may love him, and I read his two books and thought they were very entertaining, he always had lesbians, hookers, and strippers on his show. Oh, you're hot. I love you. <laughs> but then, while... He was doing that. He would say, your father abused you, didn't he? It's like, I love hookers. I love strippers. I love lesbians. I can't do without them. But I want you to know, you're down here. It's, and don't even get me started on the whole Fran Drescher thing that happened. The queerness in wrestling does deserve a lot more acknowledgement and respect. And it's getting it. It's just uh, things, it's influenced so many things. Like back in, I remember 1981, <laughs> I was working at Burger King, was it? Yeah. Anyway, and a guy came through the drive-thru late one night, shirtless, and he had a pierced nipple. And he had, well, some of you know what this is. Anyway. He was wearing one of those on his wrist, too. And I knew he was family. And it just, back then, it was just the gay culture that had the nipple piercings, the Prince Alberts, and all these other things. And now, late 80s into 90s, bam, all their heterosexuals are doing it. And it's not uncommon to see an actor in a film or movie, and there's a nipple ring and stuff, and it's just like, pew. So, in the wrestling realm, too, it had such a huge influence on how things are in wrestling today. So more credit, man. More credit. And besides the wrestling, so many friendships, partnerships, and even romances, long-lasting, came out of it all. Like the, the lesbian relationships that unfortunately had to be hidden and were giving shit about. And then people like Mike Perro 
who found his husband and just made his life so much more amazing and just, I'm sure, helped him even just felt more empowered in the ring. Perhaps maybe I should try to do wrestling so I could find myself a husband. In the meantime, I guess I'll just have to go with this dating video. I'm Todd Quality Jaeger, and I'm looking for you. I'm a down-to-earth, relaxed kind of guy. I like to swim. It keeps me physically fit. Oh, damn. I guess I can't go swimming. Do you like Braunschweiger as much as I do? Let's cuddle and watch movies. I'm Todd Quality Jaeger, and I'm looking for you. For Out in the Ring, what it is trying to show and do today is, is how to allow wrestlers to have and maintain a public persona that is also reflective of who you are and know yourself to be. It's throughout history, there have been so many suicides and more premature deaths than any other sport, particularly affecting the lesgay participants. And this has been changing nowadays with so much support, not only from the promoters, but for the fans of wrestling. Susan Tex Green said this, and it made me smile. Gay has nothing to do with what we do in the ring. We are who we are. Just like actors, which this is performance art, you don't call someone a gay actor. They're an actor that happens to be gay. So for me, technically, a gay actor would be someone playing gay, <laughs> like a dramatic actor or a Shakespearean actor. So while being gay is a big thing in wrestling now, it's not directly just the focal point. The people are there to see wrestling and see a show. It all comes down to showmanship. I love this documentary. I, I'm not saying I'm going to really now be into wrestling, but I find the lesgay aspect of the wrestling fascinating because I enjoy seeing people be happy and doing what they love and still being who they are. And um, God, if only... Um, some politicians and leaders and everything could kind of like stop thinking about all the control and just be happy and let people be happy. Man, we'd be, we'd be in a much better place. I guarantee. So, you've been watching The Todd Sampler for Without Your Head. I am the hirsute Bear Todd Quality Jaeger, along with this. Ah, give me a call. You'll you know what I. You'll know what it feels like.
<laughs> oh, yeah. Bear hat. Leonard Larry t-shirt. Check out Leonard Larry. I kid you not, it'll change your life. Cheesecake, man. Cheesecake. Fuck yeah. Get your hippie dick stuff. Originated from Canada. See, that's me. It's on the cover. Hi, <laughs> <Bye>, everybody. <laughs>